Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. It is November the 8th, 2021. It is your Manchester City Women Weekly feature. Uh, and we have tonight back um, all upon special request from all the fans of this program. Kate is back with the Manchester City Women's Football Club Official Supporters Club. It's the longest name on record. Uh, but Kate is back with us to talk about Manchester City. How are you doing tonight, Kate, up in doing- Canada? Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Thanks. Um, the time change hasn't been super fun, but no, it hasn't. Um, it's super dark uh, early. Um, um, so, and then like I haven't gotten used to it, so I'm, you know, progressively uh, getting tired as I'm doing this. So, uh, this is our third, y'all. This is the third show that we've recorded today on a Monday, and so forth. We talked. I talked with Mark earlier with Manchester United. Talked with uh, Rob with Chelsea, um, and so forth. So, I'm saving uh, what what I would say the best for last for this one. Uh, you know, and take, giving all of my energy uh, to talk about Manchester City and and uh, the uh, the Gareth Taylor sack watch. Uh, now we're we'll talk about it later in the program. Just a little bit of a hint, hint. People are now looking at planes in the sky now in relation to Gareth Taylor's future. <laughs> um, and so forth. So we got well, two games to talk about. Actually, one actually. Um, uh, was played right near when we recorded last week's show, just the uh, the Conti Cup group stage, where, I mean, good news, everybody. Manchester City is on top of the group stage. We're, top of the eight, we're, we're on the top of a table. A table in the Conti Cup group stage, which is important because the first team automatically goes through to the next round. So... Three uh, nil against Durham, and, and I, I know um, we we talked about Durham, and and I, I had some concerns about Durham a little bit because I mean Durham is it, um, if you if y'all don't remember Durham is in the top of the table in the championship, yeah. being followed close behind by Liverpool. Durham is a pretty physical side, um, but it's sort of with Durham, it's like we've been here before, and usually things kind of fall apart for them uh, later on. But Durham is a kind of a tough team to play against. Um, and so forth. So the match turned out, I mean, it was a three nil for, for city, um, you know, at the end, um, you know, fairly, I don't know. I mean, you, you watched it fairly closely. What did you think of the three nil result? Yeah, I think it was a good result. Um, fair result for city. Uh, I think that sometimes too, people tend to underestimate, um, championship teams. Like, like you oh. said, they're, they're the top of the table. So it's nothing to they're nothing to to kind of like scoff at or or anything or take less seriously. So I think a three three nil win was a was a good result for us. Um. Yeah, I mean, in you know, in the starting lineup that Garrett Taylor put out there, really actually paid some due respect to Durham and what they can do. I mean, a front line of Ra- of uh, Rasso, Ellen White, Jess Park. Um, and I want to talk about her later, uh, actually, just part. Laura Coombs, Vicky Lasada making her way back on the doll. We've talked about her not getting playing time. She got a start in this yep. match. Um, and then a back line of, of uh, Becky, you know, <laughs> uh, Becky, Mace, Kennedy, and Stokes. Now, um, that's becoming, the, you know, and actually that was pretty solid for them, you know, was, solid back was. line um, and so forth. So, uh, you know, what did you think of that lineup that Garrett Taylor put out there? I mean, I think he kind of meant business in this one. It's nice seeing Razzo. Yeah, Razzo get the start. Lasada get the start. Angle doll. I really like seeing that. Mace and Kennedy at the back. Like, 
proper defenders. So that was kind of nice having them back there. I just, I really like seeing Ruby Mace. I thought she had a great game. Like, great, great game. And she's just going to keep getting better. Like, I keep saying this, but she's just going to keep getting better. Um, and it's really exciting to see. And putting her in games like this, I think, is really going to help. Mm-hmm. Really, really going to help her development. What did you see from her that really stuck out to you? Just, like, vision. Like, her passing. Like, her cross is kind of in. Like, she'd get up the pitch and she'd kind of cross a lot into the, the penalty area for people to get on the end of. And, um, yeah, like, the last goal. Like, she crossed it in and, sure, the Durham defender should have had it. But she still got that cross in there and then Becky smashes that in. So, like... Yeah, there's there's lots of promising stuff I think to see from Mace. Yeah, and I yeah, she is a she does provide a really good bit of energy there. Um, you know, she's very obviously being a very young player, but also very athletic. Um, you know, um, and she's really kind of roughing, you know, kind of easing out some of the rough end, edges of her game technically um speaking but again but it's always nice to have a proper defender in the back line for a change yeah um and so forth but i really like how she plays um and she's you know definitely given where she's at right now at her at her age and her stage in her career she got a lot going for and so forth so uh, what did you think of that front line of, of you know how they work together with rasso ellen white and jess park yeah um, I thought they worked pretty well together. Uh, again, though, Ellen White's not not uh, converting, uh, so there's there's bits of problems I think there. But Jess Park was good. Uh, Rasso, yeah, she was good as well. But I think yeah, she's still easing her way back in. So um, again, I think a lot of like the midfielders kind of did did a decent amount of work uh, in this game too. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it that, you know, I mean, we can look at the numbers and, and maybe as we're talking, let's look at, let's look at Ellen White's numbers for exchange um, and so forth. We talked about him the other week and I think it still bears talking about because uh, it still, you know, has ranged into an issue even when we talk about the Leicester match as well. Um, with that being said, um, where, where are we at here? Yeah, so one goal in 395 minutes in the league, um, and so mm-hmm. forth. And what I'm trying to see is is she really, is she not getting any service? Um, is it? Do you think it's a matter of she's she's not getting enough service, or, or is it that she's not when she gets the service, it's just not working out? I think it's a bit of both, but I want to like give her a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt and saying she's not getting a terrible amount of service. Um, like if some of it there's been service into the box a lot of the time hemp's been been kind of putting those balls in and she's not been getting on the end of them mm-hmm. but there's also been matches where like our attack just hasn't gone forward and there's been nothing for her to do right it's just kind of like it's just kind of like putters out in the middle of the field and then mm-hmm. it doesn't quite get there so i would say it's kind of a, a mixture of both for her but lauren hemp has been doing really good work getting crosses into and and for her and and helping trying to help her on that that left side so yeah but i think yeah she interestingly enough um she leads ellen white leads the team in expected goals per 90 minutes 0.61 leads the team in open play expected goals plus expected assist in every night per 90 minutes at 0.64 her xg per 90 minutes is 0.61 
but has one goal to show for it before you know the games that she's played and she's played six games in, in the league and four starting so if i'm looking at her conversion rate her conversion rate is the lowest on the team at negative 1.7 i think that i think the numbers actually answer the question yeah. uh you know 20 shots she has the most shots on the team yeah she has the most shots on the team but only four on target. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. Cause yeah. she's, it's not like she's, uh, she performs well for country. She performs really well for country. Like, so I don't, I'm not sure what's going on this season because even last year she had like, she, she did pretty well last year, I would say. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's just been a really slow start for her, unfortunately. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, she did did fairly well. I would say she did fairly well last season. I mean, she was one of the, you know, one of the top strikers, but not the top striker. One yeah. of so, you know, one of the top strikers in the league, but not at the top. But she also had a lot of competition in her own squad, um, and so forth. But it, it's really just gotten, unfortunately, it's just gotten quite noticeable. Yeah you know, this sort of overall drop in performance. And, and I don't know if it's, um, you know, I don't know if it's because she, you know, because the rumors have been that she's kind of fallen out with, with them, with Gareth and, and she's one of the senior leaders on the squad. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's just a point of, I, I hate saying it, but it is age potentially catching up for, you know, a striker, but she was doing pretty well a year ago. So it'd be kind of hard to have that type of drop off. So, yeah. uh, or is she still kind of carrying a knock that kind of start, that kind of started the season? So um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mystery. Um, I've seen her be a really super, super frustrated on the pitch too, um, yeah. at, either at her teammates or her own performance or at her manager. Um, I really think there's a serious issue there between with her and Gareth. I, I just, I just, everything that everyone's told me about the situation points yeah. to me. Yeah, um, I think so too. I, I think, and that's kind of reflecting on the pitch. Now, exactly what that is, whether or not it's the tactics or the player management, you pick it. It's probably one of the above um, there, but it, it's just a really precipitous uh, drop overall, you know, in the, in form uh, for Ellen. Um, and I mean, she's, and as you said, she's performed spectacularly uh, for the Lionesses, you know, so, um, you know, so it, it's, it, it's a mystery, but, but City really need her to turn, to kind of turn it around, particularly if, if um, Bunny Shaw is going to continue to have, have knocks and injury issues and things yeah. like that. They, they really need someone to really come through as far as actually scoring the goals. And that, because it seems to me that that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And well, and the, like a majority of them are coming from our midfielders and defense. Yeah, exactly. And um, that is a telling side. Now talk about though um, on the other side of the side of the, the ledger, as they say, I mean, I really like Jess Park. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, she really showed herself in the, you know, and I, I mean, in a really good way, <laughs> um, you know, in, in the Durham match, every time I see her on the pitch, 
she is an absolute, dare I say, and I, I hope it's appropriate for me to say, is a spark plug. I mean, she yeah. just, the burst of energy and just, you know, adrenaline rush, you know, just boom, I'm going after everything. I mean, it's absolutely what what has been needed on this team. It's been pretty sleepy at times. Yeah. I mean, literally sleepy to watch. It's like, oh, my gosh, need something to get some pace in there, some energy in there. And Jess Park actually pretty much, and of course, she's 20. So she's going to, you know. She's got a like, lot of energy. Got a lot of energy. Got a lot of energy to roll with. And, uh, around, so. um, I would love for her to finally get a goal in the league. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's coming. I think it's coming. Like, um, but she really is. I mean, um, you know, your thoughts on her as far as her technical, yeah, abilities, her skill well, sets. Um, I getting glimpses of her, glimpses of her already last season uh, when she came on as like substitutes in a couple of, of matches. Like you could see, like she was going to be really good. So, I mean, this isn't ideal how we we want to throw her in, like with all the injuries. But at the same time, it's really nice to kind of see what she can do in these full matches. So I think it's been a great opportunity for her. And yeah, like you said, it, she's been really good. She's been really good up front. She's been, she's been, yeah, just brings a new energy to that front line, I think too. And uh, yeah, she's definitely got like the energy of a 20 year old. Like, so it's kind of between like her and hemp, like they're just like running there. They're, they're just running around like, yeah, but they're not, I mean, but it's not reckless no, no, stuff yeah. either. I mean, it's not like Georgia Stanway reckless, you know, <laughs> I mean, stuff going on there. I mean, you know, um, no offense, Georgia, but, you know, you get a little reckless out there, um, you know, and, and a lot of times it actually works for you. And is, it think, time, yeah. is it time, though, with, with Bunny Shaw having a knock, Ellen White being out of form, um, is it time to, to give Chess Park a run of starts in the league? Maybe not against Chelsea, maybe, no. but is, yeah, it time, is it time though? Is it time to give her some more time? I don't know. I'm still hoping Ellen turns it around. I think, yeah, I, I think Ellen still needs to keep starting with Bunny out. Like, I don't really see, yeah, she just has that experience. So if she can just kind of sort her things out or figure out what's going on with Taylor or kind of put, just put that aside and kind of just, just focus on her game again, then I think, I think that's like the best thing that we can have right now. Like, like I, I do like seeing Jess Park play, but I just, I want to see Ellen get over this. I want to see her get over this hump. I want to see. And I think like when she gets that goal, when she, she puts one in soon, hopefully soon, like hopefully that'll just kind of get her confidence going again. Right. I think that's, I think that's what she needs. I don't think just like, taking her off the bench is going to be helpful for her. I think she needs mm-hmm. to get that goal. And I think that just needs to, to spark something in her for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely hope so too. Um, you know, this is not the way to, you know, be having the season play out for you. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, obviously she, we know she can do it. She's done it a hundred million times before. Um, and so forth. So, um, but I also think that Jess Park needs a look too, um, you know, and, and she, Jess Park continues to play with the energy and, and, and uh, skill that she's got going on, you know, it's up for definitely up for consideration, but bearing in mind, she definitely still is 20. So, um, you know, and uh, there, there's still a lot of time to go. The goals in the game with Durham, the first goal is from Ang- Angle Doll. 
um, from a Becky assist. What did you think of that goal? It, I loved it. It was, it was classic Becky, like just running up and just the way she like looks, like takes that takes that second to look and just like crosses it right across the penalty area, like just just so so nice. And yeah, Engledal gets it, and uh, she she just places that perfectly too, right? So yeah, I was really really happy with the first goal. Um, I'm always happy to see Becky getting an assist. Right, uh, and. Um, and we, we hear from Becky later in the match, um, you know, as she gets the final goal, uh, you know, the match. So she had a really good game, of, you know, from an assist from uh, Ruby Mace on the goal that she got as well. Yeah. Um, so nice game for the Canadian, you know. Yeah, and, and she's so still forth. playing out of position. That's right, exactly. She's doing so. this and she's playing out of position, which is just. Um, do you have any concerns, any nerves that the game went to half at 1-0? Yeah, a little bit. I was just, I was really hoping, uh, like, I'd feel more comfortable even at 2 0, 2 3 0, which didn't end up happening until, like, later on in the match. But, like, yeah, I didn't really want us to sit on, like, a one goal lead and, and just kind of play it, like, 1 0 for the, for the match because I think City had better quality than to let it end by just one goal. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of a concern that things were just going to be, you know, that there were, things were going to get too pragmatic yeah. with a, trying to protect the one goal lead. Um, you know, that's it gets dangerous to do that, particularly with a side that has some defensive issues, uh, though it was a little bit more solid defensive line and, and Durham's threats were not really that strong. But, you know, you just never you just never know with, a you know, sitting on one nil lead. I do not like one nil leads, period, yeah. at all, uh, ever. Um, and, uh, and we, we saw some teams, you know, this weekend get bitten by that too, um, being <laughs> yes, up one nil and trying to, trying to, uh, carry those things out, uh, didn't quite work out. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, end of the day though, I mean, job is done, um, job done for Manchester. They all they wanted, I think really all they wanted was to, to be able to rotate some players, uh, you know, try some folks out, give them some playing time. Uh, come out with a with a you know fairly fairly comfortable win, um, get to three points, stay on top of the group, and keep it moving, um, and hopefully not get any more injuries, um, and go to the next next match, which really, in actuality, was extremely important um, match in the league against Leicester City um, away, um, you know, and I think if I'm right, they played it at the King Power Stadium, if I'm correct. They did. Uh, it looked yeah. really nice. That looks like a very nice stadium. Yeah, I mean, you know, they do it up. I mean, Leicester City really does it up. I know that some folks in your supporters group who went to Leicester had some very, very nice, positive things about to say about, the, you know, going to the King Power Stadium, how they were treated, um, you know, just the facilities and so mm -hmm. forth. They're very positive things to say um, as far as that away, you know, that away trip goes. So the game is a four, was a 4-1 win for Manchester City. Um, and I think to me, this was a game that had two different storylines. Uh, it was kind of a tale of two games, um, the first half and the second um, and so forth. But overall, though, Kate, what did you think of your team's performance, um, you know, at Leicester? Yeah, aside from that blip within the first minute of the game, I thought I thought it was it was pretty good. I thought they really fought back like after they let that goal in, like. 
they chased it and they chased it and they chased like they weren't gonna the second they let they they let that goal and i was really disappointed we were all just caught off guard we we're all just shocked right and you're like oh great like imagine what happens if you know this is how this ends but then i started watching them play the next five ten minutes and it was like it was frantic it was they were not gonna let the game end like that so it was really nice to see like the drive that they showed to get back into the game yeah i think we saw you know and i think that's a beautiful point brilliant point because i think we saw a different manchester city side uh down one nil um that was a blip in the first minute i mean just uh sigworth is a you know former manchester united player she's of course united fan um and she scores in the very first minute and who did she get by which was georgia stanway that she got by georgia stanway was on the um and I mean, it was a definite blip, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and Georgia Stanway is is at times known for stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. I mean, and then the Twitter universe went a little crazy uh, as well. Um, somebody out there decided that you know Garrett Taylor was going to be sacked at halftime. Um, you know, <laughs> I saw that. I saw that that there was there was some pretty funny stuff floating around. You know, and I was like, you know, you know, singing songs. You know, sacked yeah. at the half. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is so bad, people. Yeah. Um, but I think I saw a different mentality though out of the city yes. squad when they went down one nil that we were like, no, 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 we're not having it today. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was a lot of energy, a lot of franticness, uh, but organized chaos, you know, in the sense of no, we're 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 stepping up, we're gonna fight this one. Um yeah. And we're not going to tolerate it kind of mentality that we've seen from city before, but not this season so far. We've seen it last season. We saw it, um, you know, uh, when it got down last season, they fought themselves back. And this was one of those things. Now, again, this is a Leicester side, um, you know, that that is at bottom of the table. They don't have any points to their credit this season. They're desperately searching for points. Um, you know, thankfully for them, they have Birmingham. that's only got one point for them. But, um, but you know, City really needed a match like this. They needed a situation where, where maybe they needed a situation where they were down 1-0 and fight back against, um, you know, a opponent that was also wanting to fight too a little bit um just better energy you know yep yep it's, um, it's been missing a bit so it was really nice to see them bring that into this game you know um you know just like where's you know shot was the shot and goal was the first to the game um obviously but you know right afterwards you know Ellen white hits a header that's saved you know stanway hits the woodwork from 29 29 yards um you know of course church of stanway hits one from 29 yards caroline yeah. weir of course you know her you know from 15 um blocked and then uh segwork gets another shot but then the city onslaught continues Ellen white off target uh angled all you know blocked stanway from 28 i mean it's just frantic shooting yeah. the ball every chance you know you can yeah. get it was um, nice though to see them taking shots from outside the the penalty area yeah i mean they had that they've four resident kind of to and then yeah. you see some of those shots go in like weirs it's like yeah. they and and walsh's with that honestly her goal is just it's one of the best i've seen in like a long time like just a screamer 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, and some might complain about all of this shooting from you know outside of range, but the thing of it is though, that there is, it's like, you can get too pragmatic looking for the perfect shot and the perfect goal, yeah. when you could just rip it and be like, you know, you see an opening, just take it because you've got enough quality you got enough technical skill you could get it in there we know that these players have done it before just take the reins off and just don't get too technical about it you got a free shot you just go ahead and take the free shot stop trying to play around and try to get the shot you know in the box you know particularly when you're getting a low block and you know they're trying to take away your passing lanes so yeah you know georgia stanway taking shots in 27 yards 28 yards um you know angled off you know from 17 carolina of course you know and carolina's one of the masters of taking shots right outside the box yeah um but she gets she gets a hold of a you know of a half volley you're on her right foot 13 yard out you know and you know smacks it in beautiful goal right Oh, oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, just like the power she gets on her shots. It's just, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, there's no chance. Like, there was no, and, and the Lester keeper, I thought, had a phenomenal game. I thought she had a very, very good game. It could have easily actually gotten to, like, six or seven if she hadn't made a couple of really good stops. Yeah, Christy Lavelle stood on her head. Uh, had to stand on her head the entire match. Um, She had, she had to face 11 shots on target. You know, I mean, you know, um, that's a lot. I mean, and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the XG on those shots on target was, you know, really very high. Um, You know, her defense was not doing her enough justice uh, there. And, uh, but she had to stand on her head and, and she herself kept this game as you're right. She kept this game, you know, tight a little bit, you know, for the first, you know, half, um, you know, it was 2-1 at halftime, and, and then she just continued to have to go through the barrage of onslaught of just city shots from every single direction. I mean, yeah. you look at this, though. I mean, right after Weir's goal, the shot ranges from city's, you know, shooters were 10, you know, 10 yards, 7 yards, 14, 12, 15. Kira Walsh is from 23, oh. which was incredible. So that was I that mean, so good. I mean, she struck. You know, she struck that ball perfectly. Yeah. It just um, feels like it feels between like her and Caroline's goal, like just some ang- a little bit of frustration. Yes, a little bit of frustration yes, behind, yes. It, and they just I, like blast that as hard as they can. Thank you for mentioning that because it's exactly I had forgotten about that, but now I remember it because there's such a thing as an angry goal. Yep. Where you're just so you're like, mad okay. and so just pat it, and you just want to just destroy the net. <laughs> you just want to take the ball and just rip it into the net as hard as possible. Yep. And both of them, Carol Walsh and Caroline Weir's goal, goals were both angry goals. Like no, you know, it was like we're just gonna tear the tear the uh, the net from the moorings on the ground you know stuff and uh and that's what i think we wanted to see yeah we wanted to see angry goals fight spirit you know and you know and getting popped in the mouth in the first minute um you know with the first goal was like okay 
that that's it. We're done with this mess. Um, and, you know, and looking at Lester's shots, I mean, Seg, you know, Segworth is really their only person that really they can turn to to even come close to scoring. I mean, the next shots that she had were way out of range. Um, you know, her next shot was 27 yards and it was, you know, was blocked. Next one after that was off target from 28, um, you know, and then that was it for her. Uh, she was then marked out of the, out of the match completely um, mm-hmm. as far as offensive capability was concerned. So, I mean, just really um, spirited performance, um, you know, by city overall, um, you know, I keep, like I said, I want to go back to Jess Park. I keep wanting, you know, because she had several shots, a lot of, many of them off target, but she's going to get a goal eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a matter of time. It, it, it's, it's coming. And I think Ellen White, her, she's, she's coming, but she, um, oddly enough, I think she only had what, three, four, she had four shots mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, you know, she's again, just really struggling with just, you know, being able to get those things converted. Um, your thoughts on your on to leave the goal your uh, goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, I thought she had. I don't think she was tested terribly much, um, but yeah, it was good. I don't think she could have done anything about the first goal because that was just no, like no. that was there was nothing she could have done there. So yeah, yeah, I thought she had a solid game. Um, there's like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Life, life is a little bit easier when you only have to face one shot on target. Yeah, like she was like you said, she wasn't tested that much. But the last two matches, I have been seeing her like run out and grab the ball more and be a little bit yes. more confident. Like there was one where she's like challenges a player. She like you see her rush out, grabs mm-hmm. that ball. Like that's what we want to see. It's just like mm-hmm. the just going for it, right? Having a little bit more confidence that you can beat them to it and stuff like that. Right. So and I think we have been seeing that. Yeah, and and I, I think that that also just meshes with the, just the the confidence of the team, the energy of the team. You know, uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna take the extra steps. We're gonna we're gonna we're really gonna fight this one out, um, and so forth. Again, there were a couple of moments where I was like, "Oh no, you're you're way out of the box. Please don't touch the ball." <laughs> Yeah. Um, don't pass it to anybody, please. But she was pretty confident in her passes. You know, she didn't have many of them um, and so forth. But she was pretty, you know, she was confident. And, you know, the confidence really is the word. So like yeah. to see that. I mean, she's really struggled, but, you know, um, but she was a lot more confident. The team was a lot more confident overall. Mm-hmm. Um and so forth. Looking at some stats of this game, you know, back to some of the good old stuff that we used to see, used to seeing with City in terms of possession, passing accuracy, um, 27 total shots, 11 on target. It's just yeah. like, okay, it's shooting gallery time. Um, 553 completed passes, 773 touches. Um, let's see, you know, 21 crosses into the box. Um, Shot creating opportunities or creating actions. Caroline Weir had 11 shot creating actions um, to lead oh, the good. team. Georgia Stanway had eight. Um, Greenwood had six. Lauren Hemp had five. Um, pretty strong stuff. The passing was at 85%. Um, leading the way was um, was to leave with her 
98% passing percentage uh, there. And uh, as far as outfielder player, Jill Scott, again, doing really well, you know, backup center back position, um, you know, 90, you know, 9% passing for her Um, in terms of pressures, you know, Jess Park, 23 pressures, Girawash, 21, Engeldahl, 16, um, you know, and that's your, you know, DMs, center back, uh, center midfielder, and a right winger, you know, with your pressures. Um, looking, looking, looking. Yes. All right. Successful pressures, Jess Park with eight. She led the team in successful pressures from a forward position. Uh, I like to see that. I really do. I like to see right wingers, you know, make some successful pressures. I mean, that's the center, but the, see, that's the then that's the center's block of this type of game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is, you know, when you want to play a high line of engagement, your forwards, your wingers have to successfully get pressures. Um, and Kira Walsh and Jess Park led that. Um, Jill Scott had six successful pressures out of six attempts. Yep. Honestly, like Jill Scott appreciation. Yeah, I mean. Because she's been doing great filling in back there. Like, it's not an actual position, but she's been doing the best she can. And I just think, yeah, like everyone, I've heard people being like, yeah, Jill Scott's playing center back. I'm like, she's doing, I think, a great job considering it's not her natural position. Jill Scott, I'm, you know, very interesting storyline. You know, she gets she gets loaned out because she wants playing time, you know, to Everton. And she wants to stay on the national time, national team picture. And so to get that playing time, she goes to Everton. Um, and so, you know, when you get loaned out, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you kind of disappear from the scene from the team and then she comes back and they don't loan her out this time she stays which is was a really good thing um that was done right whoever decided to do that if we had loaned her out again this year um, big trouble and jill scott may have just may have saved city's season to be honest by filling in in a position in center back um out of position i mean she's just been magnificent um you know, I've just been kind of in awe of like, okay, I didn't expect this from you at all. I know I'm not sure anyone did. I'm not even sure that she did, um, you know, herself, because, yeah. you know, the story when she was told was like, yeah, you're going to be center back. What? <laughs> you know, like, really? Yeah. Um, you know, and just ran out of people. And so she fills in and just done has done beautifully. At the, when we look back at the end of the season, Kate, I think, you know, we're going to have to give it to Jill Scott at the end of the season, um, you know, for basically keeping this team afloat, you know, um, into, you know, as they progressively gotten healthier. Um, we should not forget, you know, all the contributions that she has made so far. Um, Absolutely. Just and I've seen so really many people impressive. trying to, like, write her off because of her age and stuff like that, which just... That is one of my biggest pet peeves is like mm-hmm. bringing up age in, in certain players. You're like, okay, you got Christine Sinclair playing at like 38, 39. She's still banging goals in Portland. She's, she's scoring for Canada. Why, why is there this like incessant need to be like, oh, like you need to get off because of your age. If you're, if you're at a certain age and you're 
like maybe not performing at a top level, mm-hmm. okay. but like I just I don't get this pressure. Like the second female footballers hit like thirty, people tend to be like, oh, okay, like you're not gonna be at your peak anymore. And it's like the second Ronaldo signed for United, not a single peep was said about his age, not a single word, and he's in his late thirties. Right, everyone's just excited mm-hmm. to have him back. So I don't get why the same thing keeps being used in women's football, being like, "Oh, you're like 32," or like Steph Halton, and they're like, "Oh, she needs to retire already." It's like, no, she doesn't. Like she and the players retire when they want to retire, right? Like, mm-hmm. right, right. That's just a little bit of a rant, but I yeah, I, I to me the issue, the only issue with in terms of longevity is just the extent of injuries. You know, it's like, we, we, you know, I, I don't look at it as, you know, I don't look at age. I look at sort of like, what does your injury record look like? Because your injury yeah. record is going yeah. to determine yeah. how far in your longevity you're going to get. What type of injuries you're getting, when you're getting them, how severe are they? How long is it taking you to come back? Yeah. I mean, those types of things are going to cut your career short. If you go through a career as an athlete, uh, and particularly a sport, also a sport like football, particularly um, where, and I think I lost my train of thought actually, but if you go through, you know, you go through uh, a career with not having any major injuries, um, you're going to get a few little minor knocks here and there. You have some soreness, but no, nothing, not a major injury. You could easily make it well beyond whatever magic number they say, um, you know, you should be suddenly stop, you know, unfortunately you've seen a lot. We've seen both a lot of players who, who had horrible injuries at young ages and their careers are cut short. To me, that's what I start thinking about. It's like, okay, you know, you're at this age and you've had these many injuries in your past. Yeah. Those two combinations going to come together in a negative way, but you could have a situation where, um, you know, you're 38 and you've had no major injuries in your career. You've had a few knocks here and there, uh, you know, some definite soreness, maybe some ligament issues, things like that, but nothing major where you had to be out for months. Um, And you can just keep it rolling as long as you want to, you know, Uh, you know, and and do very well. So Jill Scott, case in point, 34. Still keeping butt. Keeping, you know, leaving the team in this match and tackles one leading the team in this match is successful pressure completions, uh, you know, four tackles plus inter, you know, interceptions um, and so forth. So, you know, just I, also got, thought, you, I also thought Georgia Stanway had a very good match. Tell me more about Georgia Stanway. What, what, how she, did, what did she do? What did she do that stuck out for you in this? She was playing higher up the pitch. Like you mm. saw the shot she was getting. Yeah. She was playing more like almost in her natural midfield position at times. You saw her go up. She's taking shots. That is where she is played best. Like at right back, like you said, you don't want someone yeah. who is as aggressive as she can be on the defensive line because mistakes happen. But when you saw her being pushed up a little bit, I think this match, you saw her fitting into that more of a natural position. She got more shots on target. That's the role that she should be slotting in. So I, I this match was, I think, really, really good for her. Yeah. Um you know, she could, you know, led the team in touches with 113, uh, had four shots, two of which on target. Um, strong, you know, strong performance with that. Had the one assist uh, there, had eight uh, shot creating actions as well. So, yeah, definitely solid game. 
um, you know, overall. I mean, it's hard to kind of hard to kind of figure who the player of the match was. Who do yeah. who do you who did you give it to? Uh, I give it to Lauren Hemp again, or still. Um, she honestly, yeah, she was all over. She again, she was all over that left hand side. So they had to Lester had to sub out a player in the thirty third minute because, and we're all like, well, she's not injured. Like that's really early for a substitution. They couldn't keep up with Lauren Hemp. Lauren Hemp was destroying that side of the pitch. The, and the manager saw that, subbed the player out because she was causing that many problems. When you are causing that many problems that the manager has to go to their bench 33 minutes in to try to, to try to deal with you, like, you're a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. And that that player was uh, was you know was a right back you know played only um, yeah was that, yeah I think it was that Sophie Howard I believe yeah. no so it was Sophie Howard was substituted for uh, Georgia Brogham uh, you know in the thirty fourth minute um, and yeah and she had really struggled um, really really struggled um, five pressures but only one successful one only one clearance um and just was you know unfortunately just beaten uh, you know you know just by pace it's, um it's speed hard. kills as they say it's and that's what happened team. there um you know and so it you know this was a case in which this team with you know this lester side is just doesn't have the firepower to match up um and we saw it um and so forth but that does not take away the performance of manchester city uh, either um, you know, in talking with Rob of the CFCW social, you know, one of the comments that he made is, is that, you know, it's really unfair to, if you make any comparison between like Leicester city being bo- bottom of the table and Bristol city being at the bottom of the table last season, that Leicester city is actually a better team think, yeah. than yeah. Bristol city by far. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at some point, my prediction will come true that Leicester city is going to turn this around and so forth. And, um, and, and I really feel like they will, um, and so forth. And they've got the foundation to do it. Um, and, and, uh, but in this match, this was, um, this was sort of a, one of those matches where you chalk it up and say, you know, this was, we're going to get healthy on this one. Um, and so forth Four one, um, clean victory. So, uh, does this, in terms of our, our good old friend uh, Garrett Taylor in his uh, wayward journey uh, through the world of, of uh, you know, managerial merry-go-round and uh, the sack race that he's in, rivals uh, singing to continue to have him stay for four more years and things like that, yeah. uh, or being sacked at halftime. How much of a stay of execution does this give Gareth at this point? Yeah, no, I think it gives him some more time. Back to back wins. Even like not to not to disparage both teams, but yeah, against Durham and Leicester. I mean I think I think it does buy him some time. But we'll see. This Chelsea match is gonna be really big coming up, I think, for us. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um but yeah, no, I think I think they'll see this as let's give him a couple more weeks and Chelsea, if you lose against Chelsea, okay, it's Chelsea, right? Like they're they're pretty much pretty all, much all healthy. We're still injured. Well, you lose against them, kind of, you know, 
that's how that's going to go. So I think I think we'll have to wait till past the Chelsea game and seeing, I think, the next couple of fixtures and see how things go. But there's talks. There's talks about getting him replaced, actually, already. But they could just be more than just rumors right now. But, like, so who knows? But I, I definitely think these two wins, even though I see them as kind of, like, wins against – Again, I don't like saying like lower placed teams, but like because that because I think Leicester's, like you said, I think they've got a lot going for them. They've just had unfortunate run of results, and Durham, yeah, it's top of the championship table, so they're not a terrible team either. But yeah, like I think I think these two wins will buy him a little bit of time, even though they were against lower rank sides. So as it's happening with the with the uh, ever raging ongoing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer story, where now uh, we're now having the situation where we have potential replacements being thrown out there, um, and and this is the first one that actually really has kind of come out that's really kind of held a little bit more water because of the source uh, and who it is. So the, the folks that. Um, a shout out to you, you guys over at the We Are MCWFC uh, Twitter uh, Twitter handle. There, uh, you know, came out with you know posted a story really from Sport in Barcelona, linking uh, you know linking former manager of the Barcelona Femini, Luis Cortez, to uh, to be a possible replacement for uh, Garrett Taylor. Um, now, of course. And Cortez was the manager with Barcelona last season, winning the Champions League. So obviously got some pedigree there. Um, someone's lifted a trophy um, and so forth. Uh, I'm just quoting from the, from the from their their Twitter. Um, the club are pressing Garrett Taylor, and they are aware that Luis wants to find a new project in his past season. Um, make him a very good candidate for the job. They will see what happens in the next few weeks. So. Um, if this is a legit story, uh, sports a little sketchy at times, uh, you know, it is from Barcelona uh, and so forth, but you know, but it is a story, but it's like the first name that's kind of been thrown out there to say, yeah, this is a possible replacement and it would not be completely unlike Manchester city to go for a big name, um, you know, for a project and particularly one for Barcelona. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The, link, the, the, the links are there. I'm not, I'm not really putting a whole lot of credence in this story. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks. I mean, I, I, I hope like the rumors are at least like, they're at least looking maybe for someone um, like to believe, uh, like to believe that the club's looking at, at a replacement uh, at some point, if things continue to go the way that they are, so that that'd be nice. But yeah, like once I see it, once I see it going around a little bit more, then I'll put a little bit more stock into it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I it pers- it it did make me happy thinking that they're at least <laughs> looking looking at replacements if things continue to go the way they are. Because if you're not looking at all, and then things do keep going downwards and then you have to yes start your search like later on and the, the whole season will be a wipe so yeah, yeah. i don't put like 100 percent stock in these rumors yet and some of the stuff i've been hearing about him hasn't been super great either so what have you been hearing about cortez just people were saying like he didn't get along with losada which is going to be a big issue 
Um, he wasn't getting along with some of the players. His training regimens were too strict and too harsh. And and some of the stuff, like same thing with Taylor, it kind of just plays the same thing over and over again. It doesn't really change things up a little bit. So obviously all those things could be could be problematic. So it's all, yeah, it's all very up in the air right now. So who knows what's going to happen. So Chelsea on um, Chelsea on Sunday, um, is there a midweek cup game in the middle between before they get to Aston Villa? I don't think so. I think Chelsea's got their champions champions league. Yeah. Right. And then I think we don't have anything until then. So Chelsea's got a lot of matches coming up for them. Yeah, that might be, you know, the good news is the good news for city is that they've got a whole bunch of matches coming up. The bad news is, is that it's against Servette, um, you, you know, bracketed in there. So it's not, they're not playing Wolfsburg or Juventus in the group pencil yeah. later. So um, they got the two games against Servette though, but it is some level of fixture congestion. I, you know, and I think that Aston Villa also coming up the Saturday after can be potentially tricky um as well given you know kind of what aston villa has been kind of pulling off recently as well um you know i I think in terms of you know i think in terms of gareth and whether or not there's a replacement possibility out there but good and, and trust me i know this good clubs have succession plans yeah good clubs plan for things spiraling into a into the abyss and they, and good clubs make the steps to rescue their season when it's completely gone awry. The season has not completely gone awry, but it's getting close to that edge. Yeah. So I would hope for just from an organizational standpoint, I would hope that Manchester City's board or whoever makes these decisions at the club are, are looking at this and saying, all right, we might need to look at what are our options here. Yeah. Uh, because the season could spiral badly. Um, and uh, the, what, what, what are the, you know, what are the opportunities? We may need to start talking to some people. I expect a good, well-run club to be doing just that, even if you don't break the emergency glass. Yeah. Even if you don't say, you know what, we, we you know, things are turned around, it's going to be all right. Um, because we don't know that. Um, you know, just because you win a couple of games over, I'm sorry, mediocre at best opponents, um, doesn't necessarily mean your season suddenly rescued. Uh, Chelsea becomes a massive match. Um, but do we have any clue who's going to play against Chelsea? Who's going to come back? Is anyone from an injury list going to come back for Chelsea? Is Bunny Shaw going to come back? Is any, or, uh, you know, who's going to be there? I don't think I don't think we're getting anybody back because I just read something saying he doesn't think they're going to be out. They're going to be back even like after international break now. So I heard at one point he said they're close to coming back. Like I think it was like last week he's like they're close, and now he's saying they're not close. So I don't I don't know what to make with with all that because I was really hoping like you know we might see Steph make an Mm -hmm. appearance or something like that, or even on the bench or something maybe next week. But it's not looking like till after the international break. So I think December is going to be the earliest. So we get any of those players back. So looking at then, so looking at what's ahead there. So do you think that Gareth is going to try the same lineup against 
you know, against Chelsea, if Bunny Shaw is available, uh, what would you do against Chelsea if you were him, if you didn't have these players back? Who would you put out there? <laughs> I don't know. I always say that I know, and then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's doing a terrible job. Well, what do you want to put out there? Uh, um, I think against Chelsea, I don't want to see Stanway at right back. Okay. I think I want to see Becky at right back, especially since mm-hmm. she's been rested a little bit. Um, which she totally deserves, like totally deserves that rest. Um, so yeah, I can see Becky being slotted back in uh, at right back. Um, I don't know who I want for like a center uh, center back pairing yet. Like I don't know if Mace is quite ready yet, and I don't know about Kennedy. I could see maybe like Kennedy and Scott possibly. Like that's something, that's a pairing I kind of would, wouldn't mind seeing, and then Greenwood on the left. Um, and then for midfield, like ankles also been playing really well, but well, like we need, I think we need Walsh on the field for sure. So maybe like angle doll Walsh and Weir. And then obviously like Lauren hemp, like you're definitely not going to leave hemp out. Um, then I could see maybe like hemp white and Razzo up top mm-hmm. and maybe like put park on later. Um, that that kind of that kind of I think would be my my go to lineup against Chelsea. Yeah. So, yeah the 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 starting eleven against Chelsea in the cup match was Becky, Laura Coombs, Greenwood, Hemp, Jill Scott, Bunny Shaw, Demi Stokes, Kira Walsh, Caroline Weir, and Ellen White. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that unless you want to throw Vicky Lasada out as a starter. I like what I've been seeing from Ankle Doll, so I don't. Hmm. It's okay. how fit Lasada is too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Ankle Doll is a little bit uh, more fit right now, um, but I'm not. That's a tough one because yeah, like you get Vicky on there and she can take some really great shots too from from far out. So. Like I would, I would maybe start Angle Doll with Weir and Walsh, and then bring on Lasada as a sub. Mm-hmm. Or he could start Lasada and Angle Doll and Weir, or, but I think Kira, I think Kira has to be on that pitch. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, there's some no, no drop people. Um, Greenwood is a not no drop at this yes. point. Lauren Hemp is a no drop. Jill Scott's a no drop. Uh, Kira Walsh, no drop. Caroline Weir, no drop. Um, you know, so that leaves us, you know, questionable about Bunny Sh- Bunny Shaw with her in- injury situation. Don't really know. Ellen White, we've talked about her form. I think she earns a, earns a shot. She's the captain of the team. Yeah. Earns, a, you know, you know, um, you know, against against Chelsea, Ellen White's probably got to be there, right? Yeah, yeah, you know I, I mean? think so. Um, yeah, you know, Becky on the back. Like, I think Becky has to be back there, too. I think she has to be on the pitch. You know, and and so I think the question mark becomes, you know, do you have someone like Stokes or do you have Kennedy? Um, You know, Kennedy's available. Um, You know, not she was not available for the cup match, so she is available. Um, You know, that's really becomes the question is, is, you know, that back line, who you're going to have in the back line. Um, And I've seen Demi Stokes have moments of brilliance, and then I've seen Demi Stokes get, you get, you know, 
I get completely turned around, turned around. I don't know. Uh, you know, and you know, there's going to be a day coming up very, very soon. I think with Chelsea that they start, everything starts clicking. Things have not been clicking completely for them. Um, you know, they're having difficulty in, in creating opportunities are having difficulty converting opportunities. They're yeah. playing in a three, four, three system, um, you know, which, you know, has caused some, you know, some difficulties. Uh, they play a little bit more over defensive, um, you know, in some matches where they should have been a little bit more offensive. Um, they've kind of sacrificed some offense for their defense um, because they're a little bit concerned in the back, um, you know, but the thing it is, is like you can't put up the, the city cannot put up the performance against Chelsea as they did in the that cup match. No, no, that, that's gonna that they, will doom Gareth Taylor. That no, will doom I Gareth and I don't think they will because I think they've got more options now. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it'll be a bit of a better. It should be a better performance for them than it was in that that cup match for sure. Um, any chance that that city pull pull it upset, pick up a point. I think so. I, I I would like to see us go for three. Uh, I'd also be very happy with the tie at this point in the season. So mm-hmm. I would just like to see us get one past their keeper. Like get one pass. <laughs> we cannot get, one pass. Her, right. get a goal at least. Honestly, she's always making like worldly saves against us. Mm-hmm. So if we could just like get one past her, I'd be very happy. Yeah, the last time that the you know uh, Chelsea and. Um, you know, Chelsea played City in the league, um, you know, at the Academy Stadium um, in Manchester was a kind of that thrilling, you know, basically 2-2 draw that made, pretty much clinched the league for, for Chelsea. Um, but it was a yeah. thrilling match, um, you know, um, at the end. And, and, you know, AKB, you know, really had to make some crazy saves in order to save that one and pull that one out of the hat uh, to even keep that draw going. So, Hopefully for city fans, hope you get something like that. Even maybe even better, uh, you know, coming up this weekend. So, um, you know, you got to say that right now that Chelsea are the favorites mainly because we just don't know who's going to be playing for, you know, city. Um, I'm going to guess it's probably the same, same folks. So that makes things a little bit sketchy in the back, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and unfortunately, this match is not the time you bring on Jess Park for a start and Rasso for a start and uh, Mace for a start, though, you know, great talent. Maybe you maybe you play him against Aston Villa. You got Aston Villa coming up and you got Birmingham coming up. So yeah. um, some opportunities there. So um, but things might be I mean, it's really it's going to be interesting because they get a decent game because the question I had for you is, doesn't it matter? I mean, I think it matters a lot how the team plays, even in a loss. Yeah. Even if they go down three to one or something, they get at least get a goal or, you know, you go down two one, something like that, not get rolled and not get a goal in, not get rolled four nil or even three nil, you know, put up a performance that, you know, you got, again, you have the same level of fight, same level of spirit. You, you know, you don't drag, you know, hang your heads after the first goal. Yeah. Um, you, you keep pushing it and you make a fight out of it. Like you've made a fight ever after every game against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, that I think will tell me whether or not Garrett Taylor really in all seriousness, why not get Garrett Taylor as a future. If they don't show up mentally and physically for this match and give it, give it a game, uh, just give it a game. Yeah. Even if you lose, even if you just draw, 
just show that you're playing for the club, you're playing for the manager, you're playing for yourself, yeah. right? You know, just put it out there. There's nothing to be lo- nothing to lose here. Yeah. Nothing to lose uh, at this point. Um, I think that will tell you whether or not Garrett Taylor really needs to go, you know, that international break and, and replaced by, you know, a paperclip or me, um, you know, um, and so forth. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be the telling story, um, you know, for, for this season is just how, to, how are they going to play? Because after this match, it really isn't a really difficult match all the way until, you know, Jan- late January. Yeah. You know, Aston Villa, Birmingham, Reading, Brighton, Aston Villa again, and then Arsenal and Chelsea back-to-back in the league. So yeah. City could easily go on a run. I think so. I wouldn't discount Reading quite yet, actually. No, I can't. Okay. Let me, let me just let me just preface this by saying you can't discount anyone. Yeah. You can't discount... No. The only team you possibly could discount, and sadly, is Birmingham. But Aston Villa, no, I'm not saying discount them. What I'm saying is that these are teams, this is a world-class squad of multiple internationals that should be able, on paper, to beat Aston Villa, Birmingham, Reading, Brighton, Aston Villa again. And then you get Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester United three in a row in the league. Um so they could easily go on a run, put themselves back in the top three conversation yeah. by just having stringing three points together. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, Chelsea's gonna be the interesting hurdle in all of this. So yeah, which, which is why I think it's good for us to have gotten like two back to back wins regardless of who our opponents were. Absolutely. I think, I think yep. it's good to have that confidence going into this Chelsea game. Right. And I think that's probably what the issue was coming out of, you know, for City playing Chelsea in the in a in a cup tie, coming off losing the West Ham, losing the Arsenal five yep. nil, not even getting a goal against West Ham, getting scraping a draw out of out of the Derby. I mean, just yeah, heads were low, really low. Um, so yeah, definitely needing a win against somebody, you know, a good win. Uh, I think Leicester City, I think, will turn out to be really important just by the energy level. Mm-hmm. Getting down a goal or very early and then yeah. storming back to just yeah. wipe them off the map. It could have been 7-1. Um, you know, so um, is this, the, you know, the question of the day, I think, is this a turning point? Is this the turning point? Uh, I think we'll have some answers after Sunday um, and so forth about what that what it all means. So, Kate. Great as always. Um, I love your contributions. Awesome stuff. Um, and so forth. Thank you for being here today. No, thanks for having me on again. All right. No worries. No worries. All right, everyone. Smash a like. Share on your social media. You can tell I'm getting tired. <laughs> you know, Kate over there is yawning. I've been yawning. I've been yawning for a little bit now. So yeah, it's late. Fine. It's getting late uh, during this recording session <laughs> um, and so forth. So uh, forgive us, but we, hopefully we've given you something uh, something to think about, something to talk about. Um, and no, I did not compare Garrett Taylor to a paperclip. Um, my point is, is that at this point, in some, a lot of fans mind out there, you know, uh, a paperclip replacing your manager is a better, better concept. Um, so, um, that, and that's 
kind of sad. <laughs> but, um, so, but maybe you'll get a definitely long stay of execution potentially. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Give that five star review and so forth. We got a lot of very interesting things in the works. Um, you know, we're going to do a special on the referees. Uh, some other projects are being uh, are being kind of thrown around in in terms of you know getting some deep dives into some of these clubs. So um, so a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, one of the one of the concepts y'all that we've been thinking about also is um, we wanted to um, the idea got thrown out there to talk about get a panel together to talk about the TV deal that uh, the WSL is in and, and with the, with basically the question, has this been a good thing? Has the coverage been adequate? Has it been appropriate for where the beat wants to be? Cause we've seen really some poor TV coverage recently, um, as well. And, and, and so forth. So, well, uh, and I'm personally, be- I'm personally wondering if we're going to get geo blocked here now because stuff gets thrown on CBS, which like technically Canadians get, but nobody actually gets, like it's, mm, it's very weird. Exactly. So we've had NWSL games geo blocked for us, which is wow. ridiculous because that makes no sense. Kate. No, we live in Canada. Like either make us an international or like don't have us in this wishy washy. That's area. crazy. So that's really us, nuts. Yeah, they treat us as internationals, and they geo block all the CBS games because like five wow. percent of us can technically get it here. It's just yeah. I was wondering about that if you were you guys were going to be able to get all the game all the. In- the playoffs for the NWSL. So uh, I'd watch it in French. Uh, we have a French channel that's picked it up yeah. here. So great okay. for them. Um, like, hey, as long as I can view it. So, right. Um, yeah. And you can decipher a word or two or maybe a few. I don't know. I don't know what your French level is at. So, uh, very beginner. <laughs> very beginner. <laughs> very beginner. <laughs> so, but uh, well, they, is there a category called very beginner? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone's like, "Ooh, Canadian, do you speak French?" And it's like, no. "No, like a lot of us don't." I'm not right. I'm not from the coming. from that part of Canada. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so that yeah, you, Q- that would be Quebec, not Ontario. Yeah. Um, so. I know because I know. Yeah, the CBS now has a deal with the FAWSL that just got yes. announced. So someone's like, "Oh, I hope we don't get a shield blocked here," and I'm like, "I didn't even think about that." So, yeah. but. There are other ways to watch. There, there are other ways. We won't talk about those, you know, uh, they won't talk about the uh, black web ways of doing nope, stuff. Nope. Um, not on this channel. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll do a special recording at like two o'clock in the morning, Moscow time, to talk about the dark web. Um, so, um, so with that, we got to shut this thing down before it gets really weird. Um, so um thank you very much for watching thank you for listening tomorrow we'll have josh on uh with the islington gazette to talk about arsenal women they're just keep on rolling uh i don't know when the role will ever stop for them um who knows um you know and uh but we'll talk to him about arsenal and so forth and then watch out later this week when we start when we try to throw this special together uh talking about the referee issue in the wsl Uh, moving forward. So thank you very much. And we're going to call it a day. Have a good night, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We're going to be out.